0: I'm going to invite you to open up your sederim. We're going to do a quick ashrei. I'll teach, lead you in a kavanah. And then we're actually going to go to Kiddush. The kavanah is going to open your day up and be an invitation to you to do musaf whenever you want to when we get there. I'm telling this to you now because you might be looking at your clocks and saying, that was a lot of Torah and half Torah. And I want us to be open to the Torah that I'm about to teach and the Kavanah, and know that you have a long day ahead and I'm going to give you some instruction and also hopefully um, lay a foundation for you to be able to, whether in Hebrew or in English, I'll give you that invitation, to go with whatever siddur you have um, to do a musaf, an extra uh, prayer later. So we have a little more time together to learn and to and to embrace um a little more Shabbatiness together. So Ashray, page one hundred and eighty one. Ashre sh be tahla <laughs> odyalu kha sella sham shahlo sham sha Tein lauter nei ta pep fi vorr koba saam go cholio dambaid vai nachni nei vorr ya mir ta vi on lahum hallelujah okay let's do a little learning together i think it's strange that I was allowed to stay in the room as a child for the martyrology service during the High Holy Days a lot longer than I was allowed to stay in the room for Yizker and a lot younger than I was allowed to stay in the room for Yizker now as an adult I understand that a lot better Because it is probably a much more emotionally troubling experience for a child to be in a room without a lot of extra explanation during YSKUR as to why the adults around them, including their own emotionally supportive adults, are standing and crying and dabbing their eyes with tissues. It's a difficult time for them. But. (laughs) The martyrology service, the Eila Ezkara service during Yom Kippur, which I was thinking about a little bit as we touched upon a lot of the Yom Kippur liturgy today in the Ahre Mot Parsha, the Eila Ezkara liturgy, the martyrology stories, are really distressing and really disturbing stories. Some of them are really graphic I remember learning and hearing and knowing those stories really young. I maybe even remember, but these could be false memories, uh, kind of preschool versions of these stories. Like, I remember connecting Rabbi Akiva and the Shema very young. This idea of saying Shema with a full heart. What's the story of Rabbi Akiva? It's actually the story that's told from the uh, Jerusalem Talmud, the Yerushalmi, not the Kugel, the Talmud. Uh, There's uh, there's several different Talmuds. There are also several different um, accounts of Rabbi Akiva's death. And one of them is the famous version that makes it into many of our Ela Ezkra martyrology services, in which Akiva, during a period of revolt, in one of the earliest centuries um, uh, after the destruction of the Second Temple, he's in prison for publicly teaching Torah, which was a practice that was forbidden by the Romans at the time. So he's standing before a Roman judge, and the time comes to recite the Shema prayer, which is, of course, another forbidden practice. And the story goes that Akiva is reciting the Shema Prayer with a smile as he is being tortured as his, in the verse, some versions of the prayer, as the skin is being raked from his back. And when the judge, Rufus, is asking Akiva how it's possible that he's smiling right, under such torture, Akiva replies that all his life he's read this verse that he should love God, behold the vavcha, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your everything. But he was never able to fulfill the obligation to love it with all his nefesh, with all of his soul, until that moment. So I've always wondered, like I think since that young preschool version of myself, if, like a part of me has wondered, if you have to, Fulfill a mitzvah, like if the only real way to fulfill a mitzvah is if you get tested to fulfill a mitzvah. And I think that there were other hints along the way about that because we talk a lot about other people in our tradition who got tested, right? Who got tested. Abraham. Abraham has 10 tests according to the rabbinic tradition as well. Akiva was tested. When did he really fulfill Shema? He only really fulfilled Shema in that final moment of torture. So can he really only fulfill a mitzvah if it's under duress? So I wanted to think about one mitzvah through this lens, and it took me down a totally different and really beautiful rabbit hole. I wanted to think about this mitzvah of honoring our parents, which shows up in uh, the first of these two lengthy duplicate parshas or together parshas, um, sandwichy parshas, in Vayikra, in Leviticus, in chapter 19, verse 3. So here's the verse. Ish imovia viv tira'u, a person, their mother and their father, they should awe, revere, fear, yira, right, tira'u, they should. It's a little bit problematic in the singular and the plural. We're not going to get into that right now. And then the verse goes on, and they should also tishmoru. They should also um, guard my Shabbats. Ani God keeps reaffirming and reintroducing God's self and and reestablishing God's power in this form. This is in this is in Kiddushim, Okay. And this is not the first time that we've seen the uh, command to honor parents, but it came in a different verb form the last time. The verb form the last time was, kabeid et avicha mecha," And last time, it was also accompanied by something else in the verse, but it was accompanied by a reason as opposed to a different thing that you're also supposed to do. And in our parsha, we have, you're supposed to awe your parents, you're supposed to revere your parents, and also keep Shabbat. Last time, here's what we got, kaved, like kibud, like kavod, you should honor the ve'etimecha, by the way, switched around, the first time we got it, your father and then your mother, but then again, what did I mention earlier? family has come in all shapes and sizes. So let's not worry too much about that order right now. yamecha. In order to lengthen your days, al upon the land, asher Adonai lohecha that you're going to get, that God's going to give to you. Okay? Honor your parents so that you should endure on the land that you're going to receive as an inheritance. Okay? So two Enormous differences, apart from that switching of the orders of father and mother in the verse. One, the different verbs, kabed versus tira'u, honor your parents. Give them kavod. And then this time, tira'u. Second, the first time around, there were consequences and good ones, right? Honor them, and you're really going to lengthen your days of reward on that land that you're going to get. And the first, and then in, in our verse, it's just, here are some things you really need to do. Honor your parents and also keep Shabbat. Right, in a long tyranny, in a litany. Litany is the word I'm looking for. A long list of things that you need to do. Okay. So I looked at a commentary, a really beautiful commentary, that helped me break down the relationship between these two iterations, and they're not the only iterations, of honoring father and mother that even appear in these parashot, by the way, and that appear in the Torah, certainly. But we're gonna look at these two and look at them through the lens of a letter. Here's the letter. The letter is Sefer Achinuch. If you haven't ever looked at Sefer Achinuch, I commend it to you. It's an amazing parsha by parsha commentary. It's in the form of an egeret, And an igaret is like a letter. Some people refer to it as like an ethical will. This particular one is an anonymous one. We Some people say that they figured out who the authorship is. It was probably written in Spain, almost certainly, in the 13th century, and it relies upon the Rambam, the Maimonides enumeration of 613 commandments, and then it breaks those commandments down by Parsha. So you turn to a Parsha, and then within each Parsha are identified both the positive and negative commandments within that Parsha, And you look at those, and within those, each commandment is organized by, what's this commandment about? What's the core of it? How do I do it? Where does it apply? To whom does it apply? And when does it apply? And it's written from father to son, which makes it so interesting in terms of looking at these particular mitzvot, right? Of honoring one's parents, because it's written Sometimes using the language like shmabini, look, my son, right? It's an ethical will, father to son. So in the first one, the Sefer Akinu quotes this beautiful teaching from the other, other Talmud, the one that you might usually think about, the Bavli, from Kiddushin, from Tractate Kiddushin on the 31st page, which discusses this first iteration of the command, not the one from our Parsha, but the one from Exodus, from chapter 20, verse 12, the one that says, And here's the commentary. What does it mean to honor? Kiddushin lists five things, and the Sefer Achinuch brings up these five things. To feed, to give drink, to dress, to bring in, to take out. That is what it means to honor your father and your mother. To feed, to give drink, to dress, to bring in, to take out. Wouldn't you think those are the things that it means to care for a child? really stopped and gave me pause to think about that wording. And I wanna reconceptualize these things in two ways. First, I wanna reorganize them into three categories, not five. I wanna organize the first three into one, to feed and to give drink and to clothe. I want to reorganize them into financial responsibility, okay? The second one, to bring in, and the third, to take out. Before I touch upon what I think each of those means, I want to offer to you the following explanation. I think the Sefer HaChinuch wants his son to understand, I'm not sure if this is explicit or implicit, but I want to share with you at least my hap, my takeaway on his takeaway. It's so easy to conceptualize this mitzvah as a mitzvah on the child, like on a child, like a a child. Not the child of, but a little kid. But remember, mitzvot don't even apply until we're not kids anymore. And I think all the more so, this is reinforcement, that this mitzvah is a mitzvah on adults that falls on adults towards other adults. This is a mitzvah that really applies and starts to apply more and more and more so as each adult begins to care for their adult parents towards the end of their life. And it evolves through our lives. Let's take those three categories. The financial responsibility. Rabbinic literature takes really seriously this idea that we should be mindful of the financial well-being of our parents. It's not necessarily that we are financially responsible for them, but that we ought to be mindful of their financial well-being. And that's something that weighs, I know, on a lot of you, especially as I've made a lot of phone calls the past few weeks uh, to people who are in our community and isolated as all of us are isolated in one way or another. Um, It's something that evolves over our lifetime as we begin to think about things that we didn't think about when we were little kids. It transforms from us thinking about our allowance to us thinking about our parents' financial well-being. That is an evolution in thinking as we adultify ourselves. Second, bringing in What does it mean to bring your parents in? Maybe it means to bring them into your inner world. To let them in to your adult world. That's not easy to do because your adult self is an evolved self from who you were that they brought into the world. It means introducing them to you. It means introducing them to adult you. And adult you is living a life apart. Even if you live under the same roof right now, which, good luck (laughs) if you do, because living under the same roof with people is not easy, right? But it means letting them in. And what does it mean to take out? What does it mean to take out? What it means to take out is to care for a person to their last days. And I want to say one last thing about this, right? It means to take out. It means if you're blessed with it, God willing, you should see a parent through to the very sadness of giving them a respectful burial, right? The way the Talmud puts it is, until the world shows mercy on them, you should show mercy on them. So what does the Sefer Achinuch have to say about the difference between Kabed and Tira'u? What's the point of having these two different mitzvahs? If there's such a beautiful breakdown already here under Kabed, uh, that's enough, right? I think that's beautiful, actually. I'll take it as it is. Why do we need to even say it a second time? Why do we need another verb? Why do we need more on this mitzvah anyway, right? I'll honor my parents that way. I think the tira'u is there, he says, for the following reason. I want to read you a Mishnah Torah, which is based also on that same page in Kiddushin that the Sefer Ahinuch brings on this second iteration, on, on tira'u, um, this, this mitzvah that we find in our Parsha. It's a difficult one to hear, I want to warn you, but an important one. One whose father or mother has had their mind torn away must care for them and behave according to the parent's mental condition until God has mercy upon them. If it is impossible for the child to stand before the parent because they cannot be compassionate, they should go and charge others with appropriate care for them, the parent. Here's what I think. I think the and here that the Sefer HaChinuch is trying to point to is, and this applies, this honoring your parents applies even when it's hard to honor your parents. (inaudible) Honor your parents. And then also, (inaudible) ish. and respect your parents, even when it's hard to respect your parents. All within the framework of adult to adult. Parenting parents is hard. It's hard work, difficult decisions, even in the days of Rambam, right? Even in in Maimonides' world, and I don't think our world has gotten any less complicated, (laughs) It's really challenging to do. So it's hard when it's easy, and it's hard when it's hard. And that takes me back to my original question, which is, do you have to be tested in order for it to count, right, in order for you to do that mitzvah? I really wanna make sure that you hear me say loud and clearly, I don't think that's true at all, right? I don't think that in order to keep kosher, you have to be offered a cheeseburger and say no to say I've done the mitzvah of keeping kosher. But I do think that there's either an evolution here of mitzvot or two different layers to it. There is a version of honoring your parents when it's easy to honor your parents. And there's also respecting your parents when it's a challenge to respect your parents. And I appreciate so deeply that there are texts within our tradition to turn to that say that it's up to us to find ways, even complex and challenging and ways to push upon us. um, It's up to us to search ourselves, to find ways to still do those three or five things, however you would categorize them, even when it's easy and even when it's difficult, to feed and to give drink and to dress, to bring in and to take out. I'm gonna leave it at that for the moment. And I welcome you to uh, reach out to me and and speak to me um, about where this, this issue touches you at this moment, I welcome you to reach out to me and let me know if this is something